welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. To define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 144 As always, you can give this podcast a listen On SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube Give us a look on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Instagram page as well as the Facebook page. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter as well as Twitch at Serial Sensei. And as always, I'm joined with my co host, the Anti Cool. What's going on, man? It has been a not good week. Like at all. And in the MMA world or just in life? I mean, just in general. But, you know, hanging in there. Yeah, you gotta, so... You gotta persevere, pull through. Yeah, gotta, gotta keep fighting a good fight. Um, I'll let the listeners know. If you guys listened to last week's episode, I had a summer cold. Um, it's not gone. It's, it's still here. <laughs> I'm still... I feel a little better. Like, my energy's up. Mostly back to normal. Um, I can breathe out of my nose a little better, but my throat still hurts. And I'm still slightly congested, so if I still sound funny this week, you know, summer cold just slapped me in the face. It's not leaving yet. So we're going to fight through, we're going to persevere, we're going to make it. <coughs> All that good stuff. I'm trying not to cough on this mic. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, just just another week, not another another day in life. Um, yeah, news news hasn't been so great lately in the world. Um, I feel like we've started like the last like three episodes on bad notes. I, I I mean I had I had some good stuff prepared to to begin this episode, but I feel like it's the wrong. It, it, it this this might be the wrong venue to discuss Sigmund Freud, <laughs> and, and the completely accurate and mind bending tweet that I saw someone say about him yesterday, but so. So I, I feel like I feel like we shouldn't go down that route because the only person will be laughing at the end of it will be me. <laughs> I don't know. Just save it to the. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm gonna die on this podcast. <laughs> I can't laugh without coughing. Just uh, I don't know. You can save it for like a shout out at the end. Um. Mm, just just hold on to it. It's not a shout out worthy. Uh <laughs> it's, it, 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 it. Uh, I mean, we've. Uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll put it off. Yeah, just hold hold it in the back pocket. Just hold it in the back yeah, pocket. Yeah, I I'll put it off for a a more uh, a more appropriate time. Yeah. Well, I I'll just say I guess off top, uh, rest in peace to all, all the people who who died. Was that in El Paso? I think. El Paso, uh, and then earlier this morning, Dayton, Ohio. Oh, there was a oh. Yeah, no, that yeah, it, yeah, there was another shooting last uh, night. 
Yeah, we did, and then the people who um, who were shot at the garlic festival last week. Boy, I didn't know there were two. What's oh three? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah not really. Like you, you get the comments about like, you know, keep politics off your MMA podcast. But it feels incredibly appropriate. Considering what happened yesterday. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, to be honest, at this point, it's it's kind of hard to keep politics out of anything. I know you guys probably don't want to hear this, but hey, man, it's, like this, it's life. <laughs> like it's it's it's, 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 it's not political. It, it's people dying. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate. It's. Dude, that dude drove, I read like a brief, like little quick, um, was it like 600 miles? Yeah, like, that's crazy, man, like, you, um, I, stuff like that, I just, I, there, there's so many places to start that I kind of don't even really know where to, where to go with it, it's, it's disgusting, like, you, you drove, like, 600 miles, like, bro, like, what is going on with your life that you really, I, I don't know, like, I, 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 I just don't even really know where to, where to start with that, I just, I just don't, and, you know, it, it would end up going on a, a whole nother rant that I just don't even really want to get into, but, but that's just disgusting, man, like, I don't know. We gotta do better. I I don't know. I don't know. But driving six hundred miles to, and I I'm pretty sure like he targeted that place specifically. Like he wanted to kill like what is it, as many Mexicans as he could or something. Uh, something it's kind of good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This. Huh. Then we had Ronald Reagan. He was out here. Go to good old fashioned racism. Good old vintage racism did you hear that clip oh yeah yeah the, it's it's hilarious because um fucking who was it that was with the night that that was the day of the debates one of the debates and i had me and my friends were um because whenever there's a democrat debate we watch it to torture ourselves and it's just like how many incredibly boring white men <laughs> Are they going to put on stage to try to get me to vote for them? <laughs> and, and, like, I'm always on Twitter because people be digging up like the wildest shit. Like somebody dug up a clip of um, Kamala Harris on the uh, the Little Kim Countdown to Lockdown reality show. What <laughs> from 2006? What? <laughs> yeah, she was on it. You know how they always get like that one like prosecutor? Jeez. She was the prosecutor. Boy, and she geez. was like commenting on the situation. Yeah, we shouldn't celebrate little Kim. She's a thug, blah blah blah. Boy, I I, I watched that debate for a little bit. I, I don't I watched like a solid hour of it. Probably, probably more than probably about an hour and a half. And boy did she catch an ether from uh I don't know that. Tulsi, oh, I, yeah. I I support um gay conversion therapy gabbard over there. It's weird that she got ethered by somebody who I'd never. Like, I don't even know this person. 
and she ethered you, you probably can't win the presidency. If you're getting ethered by, she like from like Hawaii or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, she's from Hawaii. Yeah, you it can't. Was, it, oh, it was uh, it was John Delaney. Yeah, Your man's. <laughs> that, that debate was just. Huh. Have little hope for the future. We're all, we're all doomed. We're all doomed. Gorilla internet. Um, learn to grow. Like, you know, learn about subsistence farming. Um, buy a giant sword. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you know, you know, le- better yet, learn how to make one. Yeah. So you're so you're always so you're always ready. Yeah. Cause th- that's where we're heading. Yeah, it's, it's it's going down, and not not in a good way. Battle of the nations will soon just be reality. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get your swords, swords and shields ready. Yeah, it's 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 going down. Also, a whole bunch of freaking like SPF, like just all the sun, uh, all the suntan lotion. Hmm. So hard that shit. I had another sad story, but we we've had enough sadness. Um, I mean, have we? Because we still have to talk about this card. Well, the, all right, yeah, yeah. The whole card wasn't sad, but there were. The the main event was yeah. as sad as it gets. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we had we had to get that little rant out the way. Um, I don't even know how to segue from that, but that that was our pseudo political slash life i mean i, I got a joke it, it has nothing to do with the usc and to do with politics but did you see the sign that tim ryan put out after he got his ass <laughs> in the we don't have to yell 2020 <laughs> <laughs> when i saw when i saw that i was like dude i hope because I, I wasn't sure if he was i, I didn't know who dude, who dude was I was like, please tell me you're not in the running anymore because mm. this just screams I got my feelings hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie yelled at you too loud and you just, he kicked you off the lawn and you felt some kind of way. Oh, man. Uh, we don't have to yell 2020, guys. That was a real thing. Like a real... We're doomed. That's that's it. That's that's the message of this podcast is is doomed. This podcast is gonna end not because we want it to end. It's just because like the world's about to just be over. Like I, I, I I've been saying this forever. Like the MMA is like a microcosm of everything that's wrong with the United States. <laughs> Freaking! Did, did you see the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series guy? Nah. Who was like, I have to take my dog's insulin because I can't afford human insulin. Oh no! And then he ended up fucking losing and didn't get a contract. Oh no! Yeah, like that's oh, reality. God, all right, we gotta move on. That that just that just hit really deep. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I, I the, uh, you know, fuck it, fuck it. Oh. I was gonna say, freaking, uh, it, it came out this week in like in paper, like in like recorded form that the UFC pays their fighters something like less than twenty percent of the revenue. Wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't so. doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it. Well, as far as today's episode, guys, um, hopefully it'll get a little, a little happier. Um, 
Well, we'll, we'll, make, we'll make it happier. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way. We'll, we'll fill fun. you with optimism and hope and, and dreams for the future. And it might not really be true, but listen, you got to fake it till you make it sometimes. I mean, you, you have to put the ideas out there to make them, like, to, to you have to have a dream to, to dream, you know what I mean? There you go. There you go. we got to put the vibes in the air so you guys can manifest the energy that we're, we're trying to put out. Um, but on a good note, I'm always thankful for listeners. Shout out to you guys. Top cities for the week. Uh, Red Deer, Canada. Number two, San Francisco, California. Number three, Everett, Washington. Number four, Cape Town, South, ah, Cape Town, South Africa. And number five, Durham, North Carolina. Uh, so shout outs to you guys, wherever you are, Twitter, Tumblr, um, wherever you're at in the universe. We appreciate you. Make sure you keep sharing it to uh, you know everybody you know, dad, uncle, grandma. Um, you know, it's, it's about to be back to school soon in about a month, so like give it to your kids. Um, give it to the bus driver. Uh, tell the teachers they can listen to it while they're trying to grade papers. Um, tell the teachers just to play in their classroom. They'll learn more from us than they will in school. Mm, there you go. There you go. We, we already gave them like you know politics in the beginning. So, yeah. No, we, we just got. We'll get to math eventually when we uh, when we talk about these fights. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and uh, we're we're gonna get them. Um, uh, we we gave him a psychology lesson last week with John Jones, so I yeah. Mean, Dana White might be psychology too, but just might be from another angle. That that that's just marketing. <laughs> so you know, we got we got content for everybody, man. This this is you know all 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 ages, or probably not all ages, but listen, man, if you, you can listen to this. We'll we we're not gonna tell your parents, just you know. But anywho, I, I will. <laughs> I don't care. You guys are already listening to what much worse on, on that little tablet you got. I know you're on a tablet. That's where you're listening to this from. Tablet kids. So just we turn out we're on YouTube kids. <laughs> but um, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. As far as today's episode, uh, you know, it's always. Have some fight announcements and news, which hasn't really been the busiest week. Uh, we'll get into, uh, well, I guess I will get into the one championship card. And uh, then we'll talk this UFC Newark card, which was, yeah. Not not all the way yeah, but there were yeah moments. But we'll start with uh, fight news and announcements, and then we'll just keep it rolling. So... Flight announcements that I got for the week, like I said, not really a uh, heavy week in terms of volume, but a few notable fights. Uh, most notably, we got Derek Lewis versus Bogoy Avanov. That'll be going down at UFC 244. Um, at UFC Boston, we will have Macy Barber versus Jillian Robertson. At UFC Vancouver, we'll get to see Michelle Pereira again versus Sergit Khan. Oh. Kondachko. I probably said that entirely wrong. Um, if you guys don't remember Pereira, he's the gentleman who jumps off of cages. He jumps off of anything he can jump off. Um, crazy exciting. So we'll get to see him again. Um, me being the professional note taker that I am for this next fight, I forgot to write what event it was at. But Mizuki Inoue's in the UFC, so that's great. Um, 
She's coming in as a late replacement, I want to say. I can't remember who she's filling in for. Ooh, um, I knew this, crud. Because I was actually looking forward to the fight. She is fighting Wu Yanan, right? Yep. It'll be uh, right. Mizuki Inouye versus Wu Yanan at a UFC event that I did not write down because I just took this note. Uh, UFC Shenzhen. There we go. There we uh, go. It was, it was uh, Lu- uh, Luana Carolina. Wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Luana Carolina. Oh, okay. Oh, damn, uh, that would have been a fun fight. The, the woman who was one half of that just amazing fight, let's just call it, <laughs> yeah. with uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. Yeah, that's, that's a way to put it. But uh, glad to see Manuki and, uh, Mizuki in the UFC, man. Uh, always been a big fan of hers and Invicta. So we'll, we'll get to see how she does in, in the UFC. Um, I, I don't expect, like, we were talking about her potentially being, like, the first UFC champion when she first got to Invicta. Like the first Japanese champion in a while, I, I don't think that's gonna happen, but I'm, I'm looking forward to see her fight. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I like her style, though. I do think she could pick up, pick it up a little bit. Where's her? Where's her brother at? Um, he got cut. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got cut because that was like an, he got he lost a fight in that period where like if you lost a fight at flyweight, they were, UFC was just cutting you. Yeah, because his last fight was scheduled to be at Final Fight Championship 37, but they canceled it. So mm. he, um, and he just he fought Sean Santella earlier this year in CFFC. So he is out the UFC and just kind of doing his own thing. Uh, Hopefully, it turns up in like Ryzen or something. Yeah, shout out to him. I forgot his name. <laughs> uh, Nauki. There we go. Shout out, shout out to Nauki. Um, that's all I got for UFC fight announcements. Like I said, pretty uh, pretty light. Did we, did, wait, did you mention Mackenzie Dern, or was that last week? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie Dern's back. And she's still fighting at strawweight, I think. So, my question is, how over does she come in at? Um, oh, she's coming off of having a kid, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to step out on a limb. Say she comes in no more than one. All right, because last time she came in like eight eight pounds overweight. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give I'm 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 gonna step out on a limb. I'm gonna say Mackenzie comes in at one uh one sixteen. I'm gonna say one thirty. Because <laughs> like she. Here's the thing, like, before she was, she had a kid, she was like, yeah, I don't like to train every day. Uh, I like to go to the beach and just chill out. Um, I, I don't really like doing things. Like, I don't really like training. So I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, so you got the kid motivation now, man. You got to... I mean, like, the kid's just another distraction. He's like, oh, I'm a mom now. I, I, <laughs> I have to spend even less time at the gym so I could spend time with my kid, but also get in my surfing. I'm gonna cut it some slack. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say mom 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 mommy Dern is going. She's gonna come in on point. All right. She's gonna come in on point. You I'm have wrong. more faith in her than I do. I know I'm probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong for having faith. I'm just saying I'm not an optimistic person. You know I I try to keep us balanced. I try to, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt even if they don't really deserve it. Uh, what up? I'll, I'll go out on a limb on that one. Okay. Okay. 
was the was the 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 Mexico card that was a week ago. We got that. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, we talked about. I think we're good on uh yeah, it was a pretty light uh pretty light week. Uh, for Bellator though, they've got a lot going on. So I bet they do. From what I've read, um I don't remember what date this is happening. I want to say it's in like October. I don't know. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. But um it's going to be a date at some point in the near future in the coming months for Bellator. Where they're going to have three cards on one night. Uh, so they're going to have Bellator 230. Then they're going to have Bellator Milan. And then they're going to have Bellator Kickboxing 12. Which I'm going to give us credit for and say that we uh, spoke that back into existence. Because we just kept asking, like, is it still real? And then, lo and behold, a week later it pops up. Um, so I, these cards aren't, like, fully filled out. But just to give uh, you guys a preview... Uh, for Bellator 230, the one fight they have announced is Rafael Carvalho versus Vadim Nem- uh, Nemkov. At Bellator Milan, we'll have Melvin Monhoof versus Yannick Bahati, Alessio Sakara versus Kanan Grigsby, and Andrea Fusi versus Walter Puglesi, if I'm saying that correct. And then for Bellator Kickboxing, uh, we'll have there, I want to say he's the champ at Bellator Kickboxing also, uh, Gabriel Varga, who just fought in Bellator MMA recently and picked up his first win. Uh, Varga will be going against Christian Faustino. And then we'll also have Chingiz Alazar versus Sudan Scorn, Sor Kilmi, and Anderson Bernat versus Kebrum Nagusi. So that'll be Bellator Kickboxing 12. Um, I don't know how the whole three cards one night thing is going to go, but hey man, you know, uh, you know, have fun. Oh, and also at Bellator 225, uh, we'll have David Rickles versus Yaroslav Amosov. So, that should be fun. And the last fight announcement I have, Mr. John Lineker has his fight announcement, uh, has his one championship opponent announced. He will be fighting Muin Gafarov in Jakarta in Indonesia. That uh, should be going down on October 25th. So, John Lineker in one championship that should be a lot of violence. That should be a lot of, um, if I can just see him knee one person on the ground. Soccer kick. <laughs> Soccer kick. John Lineker stopping a man's head in like a freaking, like a, like a cake. Oh boy, it is, whew. Boy, they, they, they don't know the kind of violence that they just unleashed letting that man just. And he just, can juice now. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> Juiced up hands of stone, it's over for y'all. Like, hands, like just hands of dynamite. You're right, <laughs> it is over for y'all, man. That is, that's gonna be some violence, man. I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. So, uh, John Lineker versus Bibiano. John Lineker versus uh, Mighty Mouse. John Lineker versus freaking, oh, what's his name? Uh, Martin Wynn. <laughs> right, <laughs> like. And as we'll see, and I'll, we'll get to it in a couple seconds, um, like, I, I, I don't know if people are just now kind of waking up to this idea, but, like, one has a lot of good fighters. Like, so... They do, they just tend not to be in the same weight classes. Yeah. <laughs> but they got a lot of good fighters, a lot of good comp over in one, so 
I'm not saying Lineker's is going to go over and steamroll everybody. He's, he's probably going to have a lot of violent affairs over there, and I'm all for it. Um, that's pretty much all we have, uh, all I have for fight announcements. And as for news, uh, the one big story that has pretty much had a lot of, a lot of uh, Twitter, a lot of social media, MMA community at large in an uproar, um, it's a whole Chris Cyborg and Dana White saga. I, I ain't gonna say it's come to an end, but I guess it's in one way or another, it's kind of came to an end. It came to the point y'all probably thought it was coming to. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it, 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 like even when she first signed to the UFC, this seemed like a a a a, a thing that would just not last, like at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways, I would say in some ways I'm surprised it, it went as long as it did. Um, but for y'all who don't know what we're talking about, even though I'm pretty sure you heard by now, uh, Chris Cyborg uh, was released from her UFC contract. Um, there have been a lot of a lot of back and forth between Cyborg and Dana, um, and not not just even like, over the, these past few days, like, just throughout the entire, her entire UFC tenure, like, they haven't really had the best relationship, you know, they've gone back and forth, you know, he says this, and she said this, and it's been a, just, not, 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 not a lot of good blood between the two, and then, kind of over these past few days, it kind of boiled over, uh, you got Cyborg putting out a video about Dana, and then we found out the video was doctored, and then Dana does this, interview with uh laura sanko which god i spent a lot of time before this podcast trying to find a certain clip that i could just cannot locate <laughs> but it's it, it, i almost don't want to comment on it because i didn't watch the full interview i just saw <clears throat> excuse me just a couple of clips and um i don't know man like that interview i, I have to go back and watch it again but it's on on one hand, I almost didn't care because I like you said I kind of felt like this day was coming, and in the grand scheme of things, um, I feel like this actually might be better for Cyborg. Like just leave and go with another promotion that'll probably appreciate you a little more, you know, treat you a little a little better, you know, not 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 have to be around so much kind of chaos all the time. But just a lot of that Laura Sanko interview was just. Some of it I just looked at, and even Laura's face sometimes was looking like, yeah, I don't know about you, buddy. And I, I, was, <laughs> I was almost disappointed. Like I felt like there were a lot of counterpoints she could have made, but she kind of just let them, you know. I, I, like, like I said, like, uh, let me just, Laura Senko writes for, this is the problem with, niche journalism like you see this a lot in like video games and stuff where access is treated with like the most reverence so like if Laura Sanko comes out and just like fucking calls Dana away on any one of his bullshit talking points like she loses access you lose access like what do you have to offer otherwise and like even for like the, the like there are guys and gals in the sport who provide like a lot of like really good like non access based reporting. 
and nobody actually like looks at their shit except like a core group of people so everybody wants like the interviews everybody wants the quotes and when you are the most powerful person in the sport you can kind of dictate your own narrative and you can say bullshit like uh, stripping Jermaine Durandamy of her title was the most honorable thing to do for Jermaine Durandamy because Cyborg was on steroids. Which we all know. <laughs> we all remember how that situation went. Yeah. And that was just the main problem I had with that interview was just like he... He, he tried to make it seem like he was on Durandamy's side. And we all remember when that situation happened. Boy, he was blasting Durandamy. Like, mm-hmm. it was like the, <laughs> it was like Nico Montano all over again. Like, I don't think a lot of us thought, like, we might not even see her again. Like, this might be it. Yep. She's, yeah, like, she's refusing to defend the title. She's giving these really trash, these bogus excuses. And boy, oh boy, it just seemed like we were not going to see Deronomy again. And it just, uh, a lot of, I mean, it ain't, it's not the first time Dana's really done this, but he just, he tried to do, like, revisionist history on things that happened, like, last week. Like, <laughs> like. You can't try to do revisionist history on something. Like, bro, we all remember this. Like, this wasn't that long ago. We were, we remember what you said. And it's just... I mean, it's, it's Dana being Dana. So, you know, you're not really surprised at it. But it's just... It's... I don't know, it's just not a good look. Not, not a good look. And... Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like like I said, it's so much you could really get into from this whole situation. Just kind of how Dana treats fighters in general. Like not even just Cyborg. Like Dana's just really extra sometimes. Dude just tends to lie out of thin air like it's nothing. But like I said, when this happened, when I, when I saw the headline that she got released, I, I I tried to pretty much treat it like I did the John Lineker situation. Like, you know what? Yeah, it sucks that you're not in the UFC anymore. And I think it stings a little bit extra for Cyborg because compared to John Lineker, like, you just look at, like, Cyborg's history, her status in the sport, her place in history. Like, she's one of the most important figures in this sport ever. She is one of the three best... No, she is the second best uh, female fighter all time. Yeah. And she just really got, like... Even before this, I feel like she never really got her, like, just due. Really? Like... I, like, we, we were... Hmm. Yeah. Like, Cyborg gets a lot of shit that's... Even male fighters who have tested positive for steroids repeatedly throughout their career don't get. Right. Like, people still love, like, Vanderlei. People still bizarrely love, like, Josh Barnett. People still fucking love Anderson Silva. There's no... But, like, for... like, And for some people, they're asterisk next to their name, but, like, nobody gets the shit leveled on her like Cyborg does. Yeah. And then you added all, like, the... The, 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 the transphobic shit that has come from, like, Joe Rogan and the UFC. And, and Dana White. Where he, where in his, in this interview, he's trying to like recontextualize. Like he, he's like, they took that 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 she looks like Vandalay Silva in the dress comment out of context. It's just like, what context is is, is that acceptable? <laughs> right, like, bro, we know what that meant. 
Like, we, we, know we know what that means. We know, we, yeah, like, come on. So, like, yeah, it, it, fuck Dana White. That's what it always comes back to. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe this man's lies. Um, and, and like, uh, and, and like, to, to be fair, Cyborg not completely blameless. She has been difficult to work with. Probably be, uh, at, in no small part because, like, you know, the USC is a hostile place. It has been very... Uh, is it, it, like, Cyborg is a big personality. She seems to, like, do things on her own. Like, I doubt the UFC is the reason why she has that big Dunkin' Donut sponsorship deal going on. Which, okay. Um, but she'll be fine. Like, that, that's my only, like... I, I guess, like, that's the only part of me that's, like, stopping me from being, like, okay, this is just the, uh, uh, like... How how much are we gonna let them get away with? And it's just like she, she's going to go to Bellator and she's going to work out a deal where she does like the Japan NYE in Ryzen, and she probably has the freedom to go box now and go kickbox and like she has, she like if we're being real, the only fight left for her in the UFC was the rematch with Amanda Nunes. Now she has like the whole world in front of her and she can do like a million different things. And that's kind of where I wanted to focus on to kind of wrap this story up um what do you what do you what do you want to see from cyborg next um i love to see her go rematch um your jarena bars i'd love to see her fight somebody at uh in ryzen i'd love to see her go fight julia bud because i think julia bud's coming into her own and i i want to test how much of that is her fighting competition that's green and how much of that is her actually like after only having like 14 pro fights, like finally being like, okay, I'm a, a finished, um, confident, well-rounded fighter. Um, I'd love to see her go. I like to see her go box. Like for for as talented as the top of the, like the 140, 147, 154, and 160 pound divisions are in boxing for women. Like they are incredibly shallow. Um, like they're 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 like a handful of fighters at the each top at the top of those divisions, and like I, there's no reason Cyborg couldn't be like a top ten, one forty a uh, one fifty four pounder. You know what I mean? All right. So I I like, I like to see her go do that. I'd like to see her just like try different shit. Just go be the um. Go go be Bo Jackson, combat right. sport Bo Jackson. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say like if I'm Bellator, man. <clears throat> you guys be foaming at the mouth. Because not only can she come over and fight Julia Budd, and in Bellator, where, like, they at least try to do something for their featherweight division. Like, still not the best, but, like, they they put some kind of effort into it. So she can go fight a featherweight. And then Bellator kickboxing, which, boy, does it just always seem to need life injecting to it because we just kind of forget that it's a thing. Cyborg versus Urena Bars too and Bellator kickboxing would probably get you a lot of eyes for a product that they have that is a, a decent product, but it just like who really knows about it? <laughs> like who, who really it, knows it, about it? It needs star power. It needs star power. And if we're being real, if they sign Cyborg, she is the biggest star in their organization. Right. She's so, the biggest proven pay per view draw. She's the biggest. 
proven TV draw. Like, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not mad and, at that. I'm not. And, you know. And, and to be honest, like promotionally, what promotion wise, she does her own fucking thing. Like, she has her own like series of videos on YouTube. She's out here getting her own sponsorships. Like, we make fun of her management a lot, and. Going back real quick to the uh, Cyborg turned down the Amanda Nunes rematch. That might be where this comes in, but like she's out here hustling, and she hustles hard. So, like that's the type of person you want on your uh, on your roster if you're a promoter. And then she'll be back with Coker. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you're with a familiar face. So like you go to Bellator. That's that's two big fights off top. You can do Julia Bud. You can do Urena Bars. Say screw it, go to Ryzen, just fight anybody. You know, low, low key. I, I didn't see this get mentioned much, but we know Cyborg cuts a lot of weight. Possible PFL, which hey. has, a light, has a lightweight division. Mm. See, my only my only concern is PFL seems to be buddy buddy with the UFC. You see, what I, so like, not that I think the UFC would stop them from signing it, but like, it's just like. Do do does PFL who I think I, who is um Kayla Harrison's uh, managers are either Dominance MMA or Ali Ali Abdul uh, Abdulaziz right? I think so yeah. So I, I think, and this is just me hypothesizing. I think the purpose of PFL World Series of Fighting is to one. You know, get the double, uh, get the double paycheck as both the uh, the managers slash agents of these fighters, and also the promotional heads, which is why Ali was the uh, the the booker, the matchmaker. I think the goal has shifted now to like, okay, we're gonna do that, but we're also going to do this thing where like um, we're going to get our fighters as much value as humanly possible. So we're going to, you know, put them in tournaments for a million dollars. Then we get a cut of that, and then we pump up their value and then let them go to the UFC where we they get a big fat contract on their entry, and we get a piece of that too. Uh, see what I mean? Like, right. they're, they're playing both sides. So, like, I can see them being like, yeah, no, we're not going to put Kayla Harrison in there with Chris Cyborg because we want her to grow and develop and develop a fan base and all that good stuff. Which I mean, on their part, understandable. You know, that's pretty much one of their biggest stars. So you definitely want to. You don't want that project to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to derail it. You know, you you want to keep the train on the tracks. Yeah, you want to keep that on the tracks. Yeah. I I will say I don't think like Kayla uh, like in two years I think Kayla Harrison would be a competitive fight for Cyborg, but like right now, I'm not sure yet. No, right now I don't think so. I don't think she'd be ready. But um, no, yeah, like like you said, all, all in all, I, I think this this will. It's, it's always messy when it happens, but a couple years down the line, this will probably be a good thing for Cyborg. Like I said, she'll be in control of kind of what she wants to do, and I'm pretty sure anywhere else she goes, whether it be Bellator, boxing, whatever she decides to do, she'll probably be treated better. Probably I'm, have a better like I'm I'm dead like I I think she does the Bellator slash uh, Ryzen route like I think that's the only route that makes sense for her. If she wants to keep doing MMA, 
Like, and I, I think they'll give her the freedom to go do boxing. Yeah, because like, Bellator, yeah, Bellator kind of lets their guys, you know, fighters in general, just, you, you can kind of do your own, you know, you want to go to Ryzen, which they just, you know, that's a thing now, Bellator and Ryzen are just, like, attached at the hip. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, my, so, my, if I was Bellator, I'd spend the year, like, you know, you, you do, like, the featherweight tournament, where you get, like, four to eight women to fight for the chance to fight Cyborg, and then... Yeah, you know, that's Cyborg's one title defense for the year, and then she goes and do does like kickboxing, like a Bellator kickboxing card, and then like they chip over the Ryzen for New Year's Eve. Right. It's just like you, there's there there's like there there are ways to uh, like maximize her value. Yeah, but I think she'd be a big hit in Japan. Like. She she has the she she has the um I think she has that type of appeal. So this this might end up being a I'm gonna say might I think this will end up being a good thing. You know these might be the well I, I don't know how much longer she'll continue to fight, but I think this if we're assuming this is the latter half of her, of her career, I think it'll treat her really well because I think all the fan bases like. The Bellator fan base, definitely the Rodman fan base. I think they'll appreciate her a lot more. So, also, she just has her own freaking like really loyal fan base, right? Like there's well, a like there's a woman who drew two hundred thousand buys fighting freaking Yana Kuniskaya in her pro debut or whatever, right? So, Cyborg's gonna be good. It's, it's messy now, but I mean, she'll she'll land on her feet. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be fine. And yeah, we'll be there to watch what comes next because that's oh, yeah. how we do. Yeah, they match up with Gabby Garcia. <laughs> I go to Ryzen now. Ryzen give us just some wild matchups. Forget, I like Ryzen doesn't have a division for her though. Like, are they gonna, are they going to have her fight John Lineker? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not against it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, um... Nah, man. Shout-outs to Chris Cyborg. Yeah, the situation's really messy, but... She's gonna land on her feet. It's, it, it'll be fine. It'll it'll be fine. But... Dana's gonna Dana. It, it kinda is what it is. Whack. Yeah. But... That's uh pretty much all I have for news stories. So, I guess we can, uh... Kinda get into some fights. Yeah. So... Before we get to um, the Covington versus Lawler card, I'm going to try to speed through uh, one championship, Dawn of Heroes, which I didn't get to see in real time, but I watched it today. I think I, I saw it like later that day in uh, some fights the next day uh, when they got posted online on various websites that I will not name. <laughs> but um, yeah, one championship, Dawn of Heroes went down really early on Friday morning. Uh, it was headlined by Martin Wynn and Koyomi Matsushima. Um, I mean, o- overall, I didn't see the entire card, but based on the fights that I did get to see, um, in, in typical one fashion, the cards are just really good, man. They're, like, just in terms of fight quality. Yeah, it's annoying that, uh, oh my God, what's, what's the name? Announcer. Why is the name escaping me? Chavello? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he mentions, you know, everybody's the champ. 
Every everybody's champ. Everything's a champ. Everybody's a world champ. The uh, fighters are world champ. The announcers are world champs. The the guy yeah. and the lady in the front row probably are world champs, or at least competed for one. Um, you know, all the attendants are world champs. That that kind of gets a little a little annoying. But in terms of just the product, the fights are, are really dope, and I, I love the mix of just having MMA and Muay Thai on, on the same card, and we we had a bit of that. So Martin Wynn. Uh, versus Koyomi, ah, Koyomi Matsushima was the main event for the featherweight title. Um, Matsushima had a pretty good first round. It was actually a pretty competitive oh my fight. Fucking oh, web. I forgot. Cain Velasquez made his uh, luchador debut. Oh yeah, he did a little. He did a little backflip. <laughs> like, he did the backflip. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for the. He did the backflip and then he did the fucking. The hurricanrana. Like, the hurricane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, man, Cain Velasquez is out here. <laughs> like, Why did this man make a fucking fight, Nate? God. Hey, man, that Hurricane Corona looked pretty solid. <laughs> like, that Hurricane Corona looked pretty solid. From a guy who I'm not even sure if he can walk day to day, that was a good Hurricane Rana. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. At, at this point, you know what? I don't even really care to see him fight anymore, dude. Keep doing that. That looked fun. He looked like he was really enjoying himself. Yeah, like <laughs> he looks. Re- he looked really. really he never looks like he's happy. Yeah, he looked. Well, I mean, we couldn't tell he's happy. He had a mask on, the, the luchador mask. But judging by body language and just how good that Hurricane Rana looked, he looked like he was really enjoying himself. Yeah, shout out to Cain Velasquez. He's out here wrestling, like wrestling, wrestling. Um, but no, uh, Martin uh, Nguyen versus Kyomi Masashima. Um, Pretty pretty competitive fight. I thought Matsushima had a pretty decent uh, first round. And I apologize. A lot of these fights I didn't get to rewatch. So sorry if I'm, I'm lacking specifics. But um, competitive fight for the first round. And then in the second round, it seemed like Wynn started to, to turn it up on him. Uh, and then he eventually, I want to say, I think he caught him with a right hand that staggered him. Dropped him. Landed some ground and pound. And that was... Uh, you know, kind of all she wrote. And Martin Wynn continues to impress. He is now 13-3. and three. Um, I, I really do like Matsushima in one. Um, he kind of shot up pretty quick. Um, may, maybe he wasn't quite ready for this, but also hard to say because, like I said, I thought he had a pretty decent first round. But I, I think he could be a potential champ in, in the future. Um, I think he, he's really talented. So uh, Martin Wynn, uh, once again, retains his title. Uh, the co-main event, which was a Muay Thai bout, I want to say this was a flyweight championship. Excuse me if I'm wrong. But uh, Rod Tang versus Jonathan Haggerty. Um, it's weird. I don't remember if I've actually seen Haggerty fight before. But uh, Haggerty, I thought, had a good first two rounds. Um, I, I thought he really set the tone. Um... You know, Muay Thai fights at some points, you know, different from kickboxing. Like, sometimes it just takes a while to just kind of get warmed up. Um, I thought Haggerty did a good job setting the tone. He landed a lot of good strikes in the first two rounds. And it just, it was kind of like a feeling out process, but I, I just thought Haggerty was just the bigger man. And then it was around that third round where, like, I think Haggerty caught Rod Tang with a head kick. And it just kind of woke him up. And then, you know, when Rod Tang wakes up, we kind of know how that goes. And it, it was still a competitive fight. 
But it seemed like from that point on, like, Rod Tang really turned it up. Like, he started landing, like, these really hard combinations, started getting the leg kicks off. And it just seemed like his shots just had a lot more impact. I think he dropped Haggerty. I can't remember if it was the third or the fourth. Um, I think he dropped him with a right hand. And it kind of just seemed like Rod Tang turned it up while Haggerty just kind of never switched gears. Like, he kind of had that same pace that he did from the first to the second. And Rod Tang just kicked it up an extra gear. Um, it was still a pretty close fight, but um, Rod Tang ended up getting that decision. So he is the, like I said, I think that was the flyweight championship. That was, it was a really, really good fight, man. Definitely go back and watch that. Um, Eddie Alvarez found his way back in the tournament, um, I think as a replacement because somebody got injured. So Alvarez had a, an, another chance to redeem himself uh, going against Edward Foley-Yang. I was really worried <laughs> because... Uh, Foley Yang is not a, not a, not a pushover at all. Dude just throws a lot of spinning stuff. He 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 can you know he he can crack. He he, he can crack with the best of them. And Alvarez had to had to go through some adversity. Um, they I think I read that before this fight he had some kind of leg or ankle injury, and that would seem the case because Foley Yang buckled him with a a lower leg kick that kind of landed around like calf ankle ish area. Yeah, I'm, watch, just, I'm watching it. Like, it, like it's yeah. not even like he buckled. Like he got his legs swept from under them. It's like he just I got hit and I have to. I have to sit back down now. Right, <laughs> like oh, I might die. Yeah, he landed that kick and Alvarez sat right down, and then Foley gets on top of him. He starts landing ground and pound, and I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be another, another one of those fights. And good on Eddie. He landed a really nice. Um, Foley Ang was on top, landing ground and pound, and Alvarez landed a really nice sweep. To give himself, uh, you know, get 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 himself back in dominant position, um, and then he ended up uh, taking Foley's back, and he choked him out, and now Eddie Alvarez is <laughs> breathed some new life into himself, you know, got re- redeemed himself from his first uh, one championship loss, and I can't remember this put him in the finals or the semifinals, can't remember, mm-hmm. but either, either way, he's in the finals now. There you go. So. Hey man, best ability is availability. He was available to fight. <laughs> he showed up, and he went through his adversity, but he got his W. Um, and like I said, Foley Ang, he, he threw some spinning stuff at him. He he made it a tough fight. He definitely made Alvarez work for it, but Alvarez pulled it out. So, shout out to Eddie Alvarez. Awesome win. We'll, we'll we'll see him in the finals. I don't know who's on the other side of that bracket. Uh, I don't know if that fight has even happened yet, but we'll get to see Eddie Alvarez in the. Lightweight Grand Prix Finals, so that'll be awesome. Uh, moving on down, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson versus Tatsumitsu Wada. Um, a really, really close fight, man. A lot of a lot of grappling exchanges. And I think, honestly, Wada could have won this fight. But I think what hurt him is, like, he, he did really good, like, keeping up with DJ as far as, like, grappling, go. they, grappling goes. They had a really, a, a lot of nice just exchanges on the ground but i think dj just did more damage as to where wada wada would grapple and get a good position but he never really he didn't really like punish dj when he would get a good position like it was i think in the first he had dj's back for a while but he didn't even like really throw any strikes from the back um i think he was going for some chokes but he he just never inflicted like a ton of damage and dj was kind of doing both like having a lot of good scrambles, 
we know how DJ is with his wrestling dude is just all over the place. But he was the one kind of just inflicting more damage. But it was it was a really fun fight to watch. Um, but like I said, I think just DJ won because he just he inflicted some more damage um, as opposed to just grappling. So congrats to Mighty Mouse. 2-1-0, but I, even, like I said, I think his first two fights have showed, even though he's won, like, these guys over in one are, are pretty good, like, they're keeping up with him, he's, he's, he's not getting, like, easy, you know, steamroll wins, like, yeah, like, why does, would you wear the best flyweights in Asia, like, he is very good, but, he's big too. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he is bantamweight built, but he, he yeah. makes 125, so, or he's made once I find the fast. I know they're up at like one thirty five or something now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like DJ uh, struggles with these big long grapplers. Um, so it, it didn't surprise me too much that uh, Wada was able to get his back and put him in trouble. Um, yeah, I, I was. I think I, I do think DJ's like on the decline. Like I like I was staunchly against it. Up until, like, I guess that narrative anyway. Up until like after the Ray Borg fight, but like he's been getting hurt a lot more recently. Um, um, you know, he, he he's like, he hasn't looked slower, but like he he's looked less like he's taken the initiative in the fight. Like even that Cejudo fight where like we all thought like oh not all of us like a good amount of us thought he won, like. Cejudo was taking the initiative in big chunks of that fight to, like, set any type of offense in motion. And, you know, it was just, like, the grapply, I'm going to be on top of you and hold there type of thing. But, like, I don't know. And, um, we might not be too far off from DJ losing a one. Yeah, I think it could happen. Because, like I said, Wada was able to get his back. He just couldn't. Right and like do anything with and DJ DJ has to work pretty hard to get some of these takedowns. Like, yeah, he's, like this is different. Like it, the, the there's no cage. Like right. this is like he got ta- he got his back taken along the ropes. Like in a situation where like if there was a cage, probably wouldn't have happened that way. But uh, yeah, you know, props to Wadaver, you know, giving DJ a tough ass fight. Um. Yeah, like I don't really have a whole bunch more to add than that. Um, I, I hope we get the Horiguchi rematch. I know DJ said he doesn't want to do it, but I hope it happens somehow. DJ, you better bring that smoke. We the the, the streets need this. <laughs> the, the MMA streets need this. But no, nah, prop props to DJ man. Two two one zero one one. Still doing his thing. Uh, God, I watched this next fight, and I don't remember it in a ton of specifics, but Danny King got, uh, got a split decision split decision over Reese McLaren. Um, I remember it being a pretty entertaining and close fight, but I, I, it was a lot going on on the ground. It was one of those kind of fights, but I, I just don't remember it much in specifics. But I remember it being a pretty uh, entertaining fight. Uh, Danny King got won a split decision. Um, I think that was it for the main card. Um, as far as the prelims, uh, Rodlek, Jao, Talong, Tong, probably said that all wrong. Uh, he knocked out Andrew Miller uh, in the what, third round. 
Uh, had Yuya Wakamatsu uh, defeating Jeji Estequio, who I think was a former champ, I want to say. Yeah, he was like, uh, the, I think it was a five-way champ or something. Yeah, yeah. Wakamatsu knocked him out. <laughs> um, I did watch James Nakashima and Yushin Okami. So I think after this fight, it's safe to say that uh, Okami's just done, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't, I, don't, I don't got much else to really say. But props to Nakashima. He was an LFA guy. He's 12-0. and 0. Got that, you know, that veteran name on his record now. So, um, you know, props to him. And I'll skip down a little bit to Ayaka uh, Mayura, who landed a pretty uh, nasty Americana on, who's this, uh, Samara Santos. So, shout-outs to her. Um and there, there are a couple other fights on here that I kind of skipped over, but I didn't really get to see any of them. Well, shout-out to G-Ben. I watched his fight against Edward Kelly. Um, he won a decision. But either either way, like, go go back and watch this card, man, especially that main card. It was a lot of good fights, a lot of good moments. Um, one championship just continues to really just put on really good cards, and they're pretty good about uploading fights to YouTube, so if you want to go watch uh, the fights after they happen, go to their YouTube channel. Uh, Bleacher Report Live. There you go. They are all up there, surprisingly. Oh, there you go. So, go to Bleacher Report Live and go watch Fisticuffs. Uh, like I said, one championship, pretty pretty consistent as of late. We're just putting on really good quality cards, and th- this is no different. So, that was one championship. Donna Heroes, go give that uh, another watch uh, if you did not get to check it out. And now... <clears throat> to the uh, main event of the evening, if we want to call it that. Sad times. Yeah, yeah. UFC Newark. Headlined by Robbie Lawler and Colby Covington. Um, before I get into like this actual fight, I, I, I'll just say it, overall for this card, I'm really happy this card, aside from the main event, was actually like a pretty solid night of fights. Because, um, boy, I was looking at this card on paper. And, I mean, even for us, like, we're both guys who, we, I don't think we really, you know, star power always helps, but we pretty much watch anybody fight anywhere. And we can always pick out, like, some obscure guy on a prelim, like, oh, yeah, I remember him fighting at that random promotion in, like, Russia. <laughs> but even I was looking at this car, like, yeah, man, there's not a lot to, not a lot for me to get excited about on here. But it turned out like a solid night of fights. I was very happy reading the results i didn't get to watch a lot of this in real time because i was at work but i was happy as i was like watching the prelims like people talk about them on twitter like finishes were happening i was like that's a good sign we're not getting decision 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 <laughs> like people I, are, people... I, like i think i just want to reiterate we don't hate decisions it's just that most of the decisions that you see on like ufc prelims nowadays they're not happening between like a guy on the cusp of being in the top ten. There are two guys being on the cusp of being... They're like guys who are like five and one. Who are like stalling each other out and really hesitant. Because like their last fight was in like a barn in the Midwest. <laughs> right. And, and and now they're fighting in freaking like... um at, at, Like the Olympic Stadium in Brazil or something. It's just like, okay. Like there, there's obviously going to be a little bit of a hesitancy. Right. And not a whole lot of skill to not back it up, but you know what I mean. Right. So that that's where our frustration comes in. 
Yeah. No, nobody wants to see a, a 15 minute fight where like there was like one good moment and the rest was kind of like, all right, what is this? Because boy, does it make rewatching cars dreadful. <laughs> when there are a bunch of decisions and the decisions like aren't even really great fights, it's, it's not does not make for a good rewatch. But so I, I just wanted to give them that shout out that this was actually like a pretty solid card. Um, but as far starting from the top, Kobe Covington versus Robbie Lawler. Uh, I mean, we mentioned this. I think. Uh, we may have talked about this fight a few times on this podcast, but I, I remember one of the conversations we had, and we, we pretty much said, like, this fight will go either two ways. Robbie will either knock him out, or Kobe will make this a very long and frustrating fight to watch. Fortunately, the latter happened. Um, <laughs> the fight was long, went all five rounds, and boy, was it frustrating to watch. Uh, um, I, I can't help but feel he'd be less critical of the Agile fight if it wasn't Kobe fucking Covington. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's not the most likable. He's just so... He is just cringe. Like He is the, the worst person you knew in your hometown. Right. <laughs> but it just so happens to be an actual world-class athlete. Yeah, like, he's like a really, he's just a talented douche. It's like, boy, is he just super unlikable. And there aren't that many guys that I feel that way about, but he's in that company. And it's not like he has, like, the like the Conor McGregor thing where it's just like, oh, like, his super narcissism and just, like, stupidity and all that, like, manifests itself in, like, a charismatic way. And he, like he's exciting the fight. It's just like no, he just goes in there, he grinds people down for five rounds while talking shit. And like, if you watch one round of him fighting, and you've seen it all. Yeah. And, and and that's not the like that's not me like saying like oh he sucks. It's just like or even that he's boring. To watch, it's just like there's no there's no flash to it. You know what I mean? It's just like. Yeah, you've seen one Kobe round, you've seen them all. Exactly, and it's just... It's just like, okay, show us... Some, like, you're, you talk about yourself like you're this big badass dude, and you're you're, you're out here, like, point fighting. Like, at least, not, like, knock somebody out. Submit somebody. Show that you want this shit. I'll try to be fair. <laughs> I'll try... <laughs> Try to be fair during this fight. Um, he, if if nothing else, I think we mentioned this before. Kobe's not like the greatest striker in the world, but the man can just kind of set a pace that is just really like is almost unfair. Like he just, like I said, he. <laughs> I think I said this on another episode. He's like that annoying net. And he does not go away. He's flying in your eye every chance. You swat him away, and he's kind of... He might he might back off a little bit, but he's going to be right back in your face about two seconds later. And he just... Robbie was never able to really just kind of get comfortable. And, like, Covington is just one of those guys that, like... I feel like a lot of what he lands in terms of strikes isn't, like, super significant. But he just keeps so busy that, like, you kind of... It gives you just something else to worry about, right? Like, cause he'll 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 throw. It might not look the prettiest, but he'll the, throw a little combination. He'll throw a little uppercut, and 
it's not even really to like knock you out. It's just kind of like I just need to keep busy so I can get this takedown again. You know, he reminds me of Johnny Hendricks. If Hendricks didn't move backwards and didn't hit as hard as he did, because they 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 basically have the same style of fight, which is I'm not gonna get you on my first takedown, but I can push you back against the fence and like pummel you with small shots there and then take you down off of some chain wrestling and you just in general just mute your offense while like throwing like these small combos he's not as refined as Hendricks was at his best and he probably has a deeper gas tank than Hendricks did but like that's what he reminds me of yeah I'll, I'll give it to him man he <laughs> like I I, I if there was one person in MMA, in the UFC anyway, that I, I, I well, I can't say that because Greg Hardy fought like two weeks ago, but if there was one fighter, elite fighter in MMA who I cannot stand at all and wish would just go away, it's Kobe Covington, but he is a very good fighter. I can, and he he is, of that, of that, like, group of like wrestler strikers at the top of 170 he's probably the best striker out of the, the, the bunch and like i'm including kamaru usman yeah dude just that that pace is just it's it's relentless like we, he, he he does not just give you really any chance to breathe and it was it was frustrating because halfway through the fight i was like all right robbie i, I get it you're probably a little tired because boy this man just He's just constantly in your face. But I'm like, all right. Like, Robbie's still slipping a lot of these punches. He was a little busted up, but I never I never got the feeling that Robbie was about to, like, get knocked out. So I'm like, all right, man. Slip a couple of these punches. Come through with, like, an overhand right. <laughs> well, Let's get this over with. So my frustration with uh, Covington's game, well, well, Covington's game, if you're his opponent, is, like, and we talked about this with uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Step the fuck off the center line, my guys. Like, you can't be on the cage outboxing Kobe Covington. That's where he wants to fight. Because, like, as soon as you plant your feet to throw, he just ducks under and goes for a takedown. Right. And from what I've seen, most guys have been able to stop the takedown. But, like, he gets you along the cage. Like, like they're worried about being taken down in open space, and they should be worried about being like along the cage, which is where like all of Kobe's offenses. Like for the brief moments where they were in the center of the cage, Kobe really didn't have anything for like Rawler, and Rawler was backing him up. Like it, it, so like you see Lawler in there, and he's like slipping like five or six punches. But he doesn't need to do all that. Just you know, slip the first, or second, slip one or two, step off and fire, or step off and get back to the center of the cage. Like it, it, it's you, you. This is like JDS all over again. You can't win that style of fight against Colby Covington like that. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, and I mean, Robbie landed a few. Decent shots, 
but just like not they, yeah like I, I i and that's the other thing i think robbie like when was the last time we saw robbie land like the big shot and not against like ben Askren, who is like a walking heavy bag <laughs> right like it, it was probably the condit fight maybe like possibly yeah like, he it just his, his moments were just so far few in between and it was just like oh boy like you you you, were, you you spent the whole fight trying to hold on to hope like all right it's gonna be the round you're gonna wake up it's gonna happen and it just I yeah th- they did I think that, <laughs> I, I think that was the most frustrating thing about this fight where it's like I don't think Waller is all that tired I think he just doesn't have an answer it, it really sucked and it, it was just ah it was so frustrating because like yeah Kobe doing everything right that he possibly can it clearly was working in his favor. And then there were moments where, like, Robbie would duck and slip, like, five or six punches. And I'm like, all right, Robbie, I see you. Where's the return fire, though? Like, we, like, we, we can't just win a fight just slipping punches. Like, we got to... Bruno Whitaker just died, Robbie. You should know this. It should be <laughs> right. fresh in your mind. Like, we, got, we have to throw back. Like, there's no point in you having all this defense if there's no offense to follow behind it. Like, you, you got to... You got you got to throw something. And it's not like I don't think he couldn't have cracked him. Like he landed a couple of decent shots, it's just they were so far few in between that it's like yeah, these don't really amount to anything. Um, yeah, Kobe just didn't really. Yeah, Kobe made the best of all of his his moments. Um, was it just me? I don't know. Maybe because I I don't know what I'm watching, <laughs> but. <laughs> I always found it weird, like, every time Kobe would take him down, he would go for, like, that half rear naked choke neck crank thing. Uh, and I was trying to figure out, like, was he actually trying to sink that in, or was it just, like, I'm just trying to be an annoying pest? Uh, he uh, it, was, it was the latter. He was trying to put his weight, all his weight on his neck and wear him out. Because uh, I, I was looking at that, like... Yeah, I don't. If you're I, gonna choke the man out, can we just get this over with? Because you are pissing me off right yeah, now. Yeah, no, he he was not going for actual submission. Uh, he 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 was strictly trying to just wear on him. Uh, well, I guess it worked. Clearly, clearly it worked. But um, I mean, like all in all, it's not really a lot to say about this fight. It, it was a Kobe fight. Like, it was a it was a repeat of the RDA Lawler fight. Really, like. Except yeah. there, there was no like explosive moment from Kobe like there was from RDA where, you know, RDA landed that thirty punch combination. Right. Um. Like, I, like this, this is why like I was bummed when they made this fight because I figured this is exactly how it'd play out. Um. I don't know. I, I like that's the thing. Kobe's still there to be hit. It's just like you have to be. On your uh, like, you you have to do like the the Damian Maya thing, which is just you know just commit to the jab and punch at him, and, and don't be afraid to just like step off. Just don't agree to meet him in the middle or, or not meet him along the cage. Like, right. I I think Pons would be a tough ass fight for Kobe. Yeah, somebody who's a little like long. Long and, and add and moves vertically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe. 
I mean, and, and you know, like I said, try, trying to be fair. Give, give props to Cole because he he's able to just kind of get the fight like where he wants it. Oh yeah, like he, he, he dude. just makes it miserable. Like, <laughs> but yeah, if you can get a guy, and I guess that's kind of why I find the Usman fight a little interesting, even though I think it it does have potential to be one of those fights that maybe not a lot might happen. It's going to be a lot of them holding each other. Yeah. But and then, I wonder if, because I just think, like, athletically, Usman has a little more. Um, If Kobe will be able to, like, work him as much as he works other people. Probably not. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder how that fight can go. Um, from, what yeah. I, from what I've seen, I've never seen anybody be able to force Usman to move backwards. I think the closest one was, like, Emil Mech. But like, for for the most part, Kobe. Uh, um, God fucking damn it! The charger on my laptop is going crazy. Um, for for the most part, I have not seen anybody able to force Usman to to fight off his back foot. It hasn't been often, but we've seen guys who are able to force Kobe to move backwards. Like Waller did it for little stretches of this fight. So if you get somebody like. So if you get somebody who's just relentlessly aggressive, I'm curious how Covington handles that. Um, and I like, I don't think their stand up, like I like I said, Kobe's the better striker, but like, I don't know if that holds up against somebody who's not going to give him give him the type of fight he wants. You know what I mean? Right. Who's going to eat like? going to be equally trying to move him backwards and push him into the fence and take him down and hold him there. Um, so like, I'm not like, I'm not sure it's the type of striking that matters in, in, in that type of fight. Like if it, if it turns out to be a wrestling match, I'm going with Usman. I mean, I think he's bigger. I think he's stronger. And honestly, when it comes to like the actual wrestling, I think he probably can go harder for, I think, I think he's got more in the tank. Have we ever seen Colby on his back? Um, no. I don't think he's ever taken it down. Because hmm. I feel like that would be interesting. Usman gets him down? I don't think we've seen Usman on his back either, so... Hmm. It, it just ends with them holding each other on the cage. <laughs> Five-round clinch fist, y'all. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, be... you know, fuck, I'm with it. I'm with it. Clinch we... fight where there's going to be, like, knees and foot stomps. And that's it. <laughs> But um, yeah, man, Kobe. You know, Kobe did what Kobe does. It 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 was one of those fights. Um, That's yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much the only way to put it. So he won. So him and Usman will pretty much eventually be a thing at some point. So according to Joey, they're aiming it for MSG, and it's going to be on the under uh, the Coleman event for uh, Jones Blahovich. John Blachowicz is the thing? It's not a thing yet, but that's apparently the rumor. Hmm. I'm just like, that is the most clusterfuck of a, uh, uh, like, between, between Jones possibly, potentially, just like, like, I mean, I was going to say doing something wild, and I just, I almost forgot that he's currently being investigated for sexual assault. 
and it's like three. He has three months to fuck up his life even more. And does he make that card? And between all the crazy and terrible shit that Kobe Covington and Kamaru, well, mostly Covington is going to lob at Kamaru Usman over the next three months, like that's gonna be a really not not fun build up for a potentially not fun payoff. Right, <laughs> which will make it even worse. Yeah, it's <clears throat> going to be one of those. But, Kobe Covington won via unanimous decision. It is what it is. Sadly. He's still trash, though. He, 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 trash human being. He is a... But moving on. Moving on. The good guys don't always win. They don't. But, but you know who did? Mm-mm. Jim motherfucking Miller. Under a minute. Under a minute. Jersey is saved. <laughs> in a fight that should have happened back in 2012. <laughs> Co-main event, Jim Miller versus Clay Guida. Um, I mean, the fight looked 2012-ish. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, yeah. This was definitely one of those throwback lightweight fights where it's just kind of like both guys get rocked. I think what Guida Guida dropped Miller with a right, and then Miller drops Guida, uh, I think with a left, and then boy, you know when Miller goes in for that guillotine, because um, he he has one of the he, one of those guys who has a really great jujitsu game that we kind of don't talk about, even though dude's resume is like. You know, Jim Miller been out here. Um, Dude is the most storied of UFC lightweights in terms of just fight resume. Didn't he sub? Did he sub Oliver? Yeah, and like his debut. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like forever. Yeah. Miller, Miller's been out here. Like one of those guys who never fought for a title but has just consistently just been around. Um, it's really it's really funny because these both these guys were supposed to fight for the title, and then one fought uh, they both fought Benson Henderson, who they dismissed as a WEC lightweight, and never got title shots because of it. Uh, oh, and that's right, he was supposed to he, he had the title eliminator against uh, Nate. Yeah, I forgot that was a title eliminator. Yeah, Miller, Miller been out here. Um, but like I said, it ain't, it ain't a lot to analyze about the fight. Like, Guida rock Miller. Miller rock Guida. <laughs> Miller choked him out. Yeah. Um, I, I think the most craziest part of the fight was um, Herb Dean came in about 10 seconds late after Guida got his soul uh, choked out of him. Um, was this the one where he yeah. raised one of his hands and it hit the mat and then he went to the other hand and then it hit the mat? And he was like, I still don't know if he's out. Nah, um, was it that one or... Well, didn't somebody get real naked choked? Herb Dean had a couple of moments on his card. It, was, it, it, it probably was, happened during this one, too. It was not Herb's night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was not... Yeah, it, it definitely was not Herb's night. But, um, yeah, I think this was it. Like, he... Yeah, by the time... It, he went to lift his arm up, and it dropped the first time. And I was like, all right. He's out. It's over. But, like, he, he did it again. It's like, Herb, he's, he's not, he's, he's gone. Herb, um, he's, di- he's dying, Herb. Right. <laughs> <Like>, Oxygen <laughs> supply is running low. <laughs> like, 
But um, no, nah, man, Miller, Miller got Guida out of there. Like I said, not not really a lot to analyze uh, in under a minute. Um, and shout out to Jim Miller, man. Like, dude's had a, a pretty good career, and then in the midst of it, like this entire time, he's been battling like Lyme disease, um, which is kind of crazy to be able to like perform at a high level and kind of still have that going on. And you know, now like he said, he feel like he's coming out of the other side of that. He's doing a lot better. Um, still out here getting wins. Yep, three and one in his last four. Yeah, so shout out to Jim Miller. He's another one of those guys who I feel like he, you know, they'll probably try to throw a young guy at him every so often. He'll kick him off the line. He'll, he'll, he'll get him out of there. Jim Miller versus Alex Fernandez. <laughs> God, is that hype train done? Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yet to, yet to be determined. I won't, I won't, I won't blow it up yet. He, he's not Landover and Venata land, uh, uh, levels are done yet, so probably not. We'll see. But congrats to Jim Miller, man. That, that was a great win, awesome win. Um, I'm glad you got this win from a fight that should have happened years ago. <laughs> but congrats to Jim Miller. Uh, keeping it at lightweight. A uh, little Gastelum, Nasrat Hakparast against Joaquin Silva. Um, first round, a bit of a fill-out round, I feel like, at least for Hakparast. Like, uh, Silva was landing some, some decent shots, leg kicks, jabs, hooks. Hakparast kind of just playing the outside. Um, every now and again, he would, uh, he would fire off that left, which I think was a premonition. <laughs> It was like he was waiting for that punch the entire fight. Um, but it just felt like the first round was kind of, for Paras, kind of a feel-out. Like, you know, I'm just test the waters and kind of see what happens. Second round, it's like, all right, it's time to, it's time to kick it up a notch. Um, so, uh, I guess a little bit more of the same from Silva. But uh, uh, Nazrat got, I think, got a little more, a little more active. He kept looking to counter with that left. Um, started the shot, started to sting a little more, and then boy, out of nowhere, uh, I can't remember if Silva was like circling backwards or circling out. But either way, uh, Nazarat throws a left, floors him, <laughs> lands some ground and pound, and that is uh, that is all she wrote. Um, I like I like little Gastelum, man. I like I like little Gastelum. Um, I don't know who they give him next, but, um, I'm kind of ready to see him take that next, I guess, leap in competition, so to speak. Um, dude hits hard, has a lot of good movement, pushes pace really good. Um, he is like a little Gaslam. Yep. Like, pro probably not, um, I, I would say I like, I, I think from Gaslam I like, Gaslam in terms of like putting together like combinations like with, with his boxing a bit more but he really does fight like a little Gaslam like it, it's not this it's not just uh, a little joke like they they are kind of similar in how they fight and how they look like he you know he, he does look like if Gaslam dropped an additional 30 pounds <laughs> he would probably look something like that but nah man they, uh, I, li I like Paras a lot man like dude can hit hard he can push a good pace good movement Dude, dude, I'm I'm ready to see him take that 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 next step to see what he can do. Yeah, um, 
probably doesn't have uh, Gastelum's just straight up power relative to like fighting a lightweight and speed, like a speed advantage, but like, it, dude's fun to watch and there's only so many of these dudes he can beat up uh, before we gotta give him a top fight, so. Uh, and, 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 um, trying to think of who I want to see him fight. Maybe they'll throw him at Jim Miller. Uh. It's really tough because, like, you, you think about it, like, Gregor Gillespie still hasn't had that fight yet. And, right. like, how like how many of these dudes are, like, on four or five fight winning streets in the UFC and just, like, they just can't get a top ten opponent because they're all either booked or angling at title shots. Right. And it's wild because, like, a lot of these guys were on these streaks. Like, they're, they're exciting fighters. Like, you want to see them fight. And it's... I don't know, like, I, I, sometimes I don't like matching up quote-unquote prospects, even though I don't really know what that means anymore, but matching up prospects against each other. But I'm almost getting to the point with them, like, I, maybe just to have a fight, like, we might have to do that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like... You might have to do little Gaslam versus Gillespie and... Like, Islam Makachev is 6-1 and one in the UFC, and if he was at, like, middleweight, he'd be fighting, like, Derek Brunson or, like, um... Uh, like, like someone in that right, like, or even Yo Romero, like, but no, he's fighting his next fight is like Davi Hamos, who who himself is like on a really right. good run. He's four and one in the UFC. Right. It's just like Vic uh uh Vink Pachel is like five and two. David Tabor is like five and one. Yeah, get get these guys some fights. Like, <laughs> like they're just all stuck playing each other because like. If you have a number next to your name at lightweight, like who, like are you really going to move down the ladder? You know what I mean? It's just like I'm like, man, if, if guys like James Vick can, well, I mean, his lightweight tenure pretty much is over, but if he can crack through the, if he, if he slipped through the cracks and got himself some big fights, like I, I don't see why the rest of these guys can't, you know, can't do the same. But. We'll see. I, I hope the next Hawk Ross fight we get. Well, I, I, I forgot. I didn't ask you what your thoughts on the fight. Um, no, basically got it all covered because I, I I had to work yesterday, so this card started at twelve. I thought the prelim started at three, and then the rest of the card started at like the normal start time. So like, I, <laughs> I I'm on my lunch break at like one o'clock, and they're like, "Oh, we're like an hour into this UFC card. It's great." I'm like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, <laughs> I'm also like, I'm, I'm also like, I don't really care enough about it to like sit here and try to sneak it. So I'm going to just wait. And I, so I watched at like four o'clock this morning. Hmm. Um, and I like, I did all the boring parts, but I like, I, but it was also like four o'clock in the morning. So my memory of the card outside, like the main event is just like fuzzy ish at best. I watched that four o'clock in the morning. Hmm. So it's fine. I got I got us covered. I remember most of these obscurities. <laughs> they're, they're a little 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 fresh in my head. But um ah, good 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 on uh High Paras, man. Definitely somebody to watch. Hopefully he gets a big fight. Even even at this point, if it's against another prospect, if it's against a high most, uh 
uh, a Gillespie, you know, any of those guys. I, I just want to see the man fight. Want to see all of them fight. If they got to fight each other, then I, I guess so be it. But congrats to him. He won via KO in the second round. Uh, moving on to middleweight, I don't really got a lot to say about this fight. Uh, Gerald Mearshart versus Trevin Giles. All I remember thinking about this fight is Trevin, you probably just could have kept this on the feet. Might have went a little better. But played around on the ground. A lot of grappling exchanges, sweeps, things of that nature. And then it ended uh, with Mearshart landing a very violent. <laughs> that was a vicious guillotine that he put on Giles. And like after he let go of the choke, it just kind of looked like his life. Like he looked lifeless after that choke was over. Um, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm having a tough time remembering the Giles show, but there was war. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the, sh- uh, the, 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 the Schnell fight. Um, go ahead, to you. Sorry. That Schnell choke was, was slick. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really a lot, really, to say about this fight. Just, like I said, a lot of grappling exchanges. Um, Giles did decent on the ground, but I just think he would have had a this fight could have went differently if he just would have kept it on the feet. Because I think when they, in the moments where it was on the feet and he was able to, you know, manage his range and distance well, like, he, he had a good thing going. And, I don't know, he just kind of played around on the ground, got got choked out for it. And uh, that's kind of it. So, congrats to Gerald Mershart. He got a win via guillotine in the third round. Uh, moving back. Well, it should have been at lightweight, but it was at catchweight because uh, I think Dong Hyung Ma came in overweight. But uh, Scott Holtzman versus Dong Hyung Ma, uh, a nice quality kind of rock 'em sock 'em kind of fight in which I, I think Holtzman was just a little faster, a bit sharper. I think they both dropped each other at one point. Um, <clears throat> dudes were just trading, and I think there was a brief moment where Holtzman, <coughs> excuse me. I can't remember if he took him down or if they, like, clinched against the cage for a while. But that lasted for just a little bit, and then they broke apart, and then dude just started slinging again. Um, Dong Hung Ma's eye was all busted up, which ended up being how this fight ended. Uh, eye was, like, completely swollen shut. But, um, no, nah, it was just a nice back and forth. Dude's just kind of just throwing leather. But not, not like a sloppy fight. They, like, they both look pretty good. I just think Holtzman... A bit quicker to the punch, um, probably a little bit better defensively also, and I think he did a better job of when <laughs> things weren't going so well in the exchanges. He had like a backup plan as to where Dung Hyung Ma. I think he was just kind of like, I'm just kind of in do or die mode. Um, but he, he caught Holtzman I think with a nice left uh, in the second. But at the end of the second round, after dudes were just trading bombs, uh, Dung Hyung Ma's eye was completely shut, and the doctor stopped the fight. So that was uh, that was how that ended. Hmm. Um. Oh, you have any? Did you get to see that one? No, but I I did get to see the the eye, his eye closing. Um. So yeah, yeah no, that that was a good call by the Jersey Doc. Um, yeah, they were they were trying to use the little end swell. <laughs> it, it wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> it wasn't doing the thing. Yeah, they tried the best. They tried the best. Yeah. They tried. They did. They tried, but that that eye was oof. All the way shut. Yeah, it was all the way shut. All right, this next fight, neither one of us can talk about because neither one of us watched it. Um. God, I I can't say this name. Kennedy, Zhuweku. 
I said that all wrong. I don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> Versus Darko Stoicic. Uh Kennedy won via unanimous decision. Um, I think you said you didn't get a chance to see this fight. No. I missed it in real time because I was at work. And then I tried to watch it this morning on ESPN. And the video player kept giving me an error. So I just took that as a sign. As you know what? I guess I just shouldn't watch this fight. So I don't know what happened. I'm just going to say jab, hook, cross, takedown. Combination of that happened. At some point, maybe. Granted, Joey wasn't very good, so maybe that's why I got an error. The 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 video player was trying to save me, so just like don't waste your time, and, bro. Right, <laughs> didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, but Kennedy won via unanimous decision, so that rounds out the main card. Um, moving on to the ESPN prelims. Um, there are a couple of fights on here, honestly, that I, I don't really have a ton to say about. Um, but it, it solid, solid prelims. There were some good uh, performances. Uh, Mickey Gall um, versus Salim Tuari. If I'm saying that correctly. Um, decent, decent fight. I remember not being so entertained in the first round. I feel like things kind of picked up in the second, in the third. Um, Gall's striking looked, I guess, okay. A little better, improved. Maybe, yeah, it looked it looked improved. It, it looked a little better. He, he was throwing a little more combinations. He looked a little more comfortable on the feet. Still not like a great striker, but you know, looked more comfortable. Was throwing some good combinations. Landed some some good shots. Um, I think I, I can't remember. I think it was this fight. Where, it was at one point where they were like clinched. He landed some good elbows. He threw like a, a three piece elbow combination um, that I thought was pretty dope. So. And for for Salim, I think he did himself some disfavors in this fight. A lot of just kind of like one shots, not really putting combinations together. Um, and I'll give Gall props in that I, I feel like he was getting tired in this fight, but he did a good job of just kind of really digging deep, gutting it out, still kind of keeping the pace high, even when it it looked like he was. I don't say like completely gassed, but <clears throat> it looked like the energy was getting a little low. But he just kind of really dug deep. Still kept the pace going. Still kind of put it on Salim. Um, Salim had some moments, but I just think Gall just overall just kind of better pace and a, a better, more well-rounded offense. Um, I don't really have a ton in terms of specifics, but it, it was a solid performance from Mickey Gall, um, who looked to be improved, and he won via unanimous decision. Yeah, no, look, we've always said Gall is a long, long-term prospect like that dude that dude's a project um and th- he looked better here like i'm i have to look up a little bit about salim he looked small next to goal but he's listed at 510 am i just forgetting how tall mickey gall is yeah mickey gall is like six two yeah <laughs> hmm all right um uh, but yeah like it was an okay performance. Like he he got his we got to see a little bit more of his uh his striking. He uh, there, was there a point in the fight where he got taken down and was just like Tuari was like landing from on top. I think I think so. I want to say in the second round, I think takedown started happening. Yeah, so you know he still has to work on that from the Diego fight. Um, cardio's an issue. It, they said they were working on it. That's not something you build over one fight. You gotta 
that's a whole you know that's a whole uh, that's a whole part of your game you like you have to that, that takes a while to build up so um yeah like this is that performance you want after your guy gets knocked out and um you know fighting somebody everybody thought he would be like you, you need to rebuild his confidence he's still super young i think it's only like his fifth or sixth win uh eighth fight overall i think yeah, so, uh, like, like it, Mickey Gall, it's just such a testament to, like, you don't want to get to the UFC too soon. Otherwise, like, and I'm sure he's made, like, a good amount of money. But otherwise, like, you are, you're going to get the microscope put to you. You're, all your flaws are going to be noted from the get. And... I'm, like nobody, nobody completely outgrows everything. Uh, no matter how talented you are as a fighter, like like the baseline things that have given you problems early in your career will probably be giving you troubles later in your career. So there's going to be like a really long book on Mickey Gall for guys to study if he ever gets to the point where he is like a top ten guy. You know what I mean? All right. So it, it's. Interesting. Um, like I, I don't have a lot to say specifically about the fight because honestly, it was just there. Um, but hmm. but if if you're Team Glow, this is a good sign. Progress always good. I mean, it's probably his second best win. It's still crazy that he <laughs> he outstruck Satan. I mean, that was just for <laughs> that was just that one instance. <laughs> You know what? That is wild to me. Well, he didn't outstrike him so much as he caught him. Like, he got beat up in the first part of that fight. Oh, boy. But props to Mickey Gall. Um, got, a, got a unanimous decision win. Uh, next fight, Antonina Shevchenko versus uh, Lucy Pudilova. Um, all I remember is in the first round, boy, there was just a lot of clinching. And Antonina... Just <laughs> landing a lot of knees in the clinch. And then getting I'm her gonna, face busted open. Well, I was going to say, I feel like I'm going to assume that that was Valentina in the background after every knee I heard. Hey. Yep. I'm going to assume that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, we get the point. She's landing knees. We get it. <laughs> they were clinched for a long time in that first round, too. And it's not like they like, weren't working. It's just it was a lot of, like, exciting. Yeah. Like it was a lot of, yeah. lot, I mean, some of the some of the knees were were pretty good, but it was like, man, these guys are clinch for a long, like a good three to four minutes, <laughs> just kind of just clinch work. But um, no, nah, you were right though. That that elbow that uh, uh, Pudilova landed, boy. That was uh, that was deadly. Like, I think what? Yeah. Instant cut. We also um, saw a little bit of um, Antonita off her back. Uh, with that arm bar attempt in the first round. Right, and that was <laughs> that was good to see because, boy, like, after getting elbowed and then you, you don't want to see, like, oh, boy, she's bleeding and then she gets taken down. It's like, all right, please don't let it be one of those fights where, like, you had a you had a good, you know, solid first round and then you get taken down and then you just kind of, like, fall apart. Right. Uh, yeah, like, she looked like she kind of knew what she was doing. Clearly, she's been practicing that part of her game. Um... It looked like a decent armbar. 
Mm-hmm. Like I thought, Pudalova. Uh, I don't know how she kind of wiggled her way out of it, but her 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 arm was never completely like um. She didn't really have the thumb up, so like you know, she was able to get that little bit of like bend forward and backward. Um, uh, so that she was able to wiggle her way out. Like, you 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 want the um the crook of the arm facing straight up in the air, if you're if you're going for your arm bar, and she was able to get hers to turn down a little bit. So, yeah, you know, slick stuff. And like Cruz was saying on commentary, like women, super fucking flexible. At, at least can compare to like. Some of the dudes we see who are literally just muscle heads in the UFC. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I already mentioned she won by red naked too. Hey, yeah, let's get to that. Like, So, if you're going for a single leg, don't go for the one on the opposite side of the like of where you are like along the cage. Because, like, as soon as she committed to that single leg... Like, I it was like, oh, my God, her back. There is nothing stopping Shevchenko from just taking her back. And sure enough, she just wraps her arms around her head, follows her to the ground, and gets her back. Like, there's a reason you don't see guys, like, shoot for the uh, the leg, uh, the opposite leg when they're along the fence. Because, like, you're putting your head, you're, you're exposing your back. Like, there's nothing to stop Shevchenko from stepping over. Um. Yeah, like it's a if you're at that point where like you're you're shooting for that like just turn it into a double leg, it's gonna stop her from being able to get to your back. But it was a really slick take. Like, yeah, because it felt like she didn't have like a perfect. I don't know if angles the word. Well, like if you're going for the okay, so if you're going for that for that uh, that takedown. Your head has to be on the inside, because if it's on the outside, there is literally nothing guarding the, your back. Right. Because like, so you basically just have somebody who's reaching over your back and has a free leg to step over. So when she goes to pick her up, like all the, like she just she's forced to bring her down and she's able to wrap her leg around because there's like nothing stopping her. I can't remember this. This wasn't a Herb Dean choke, was it? Uh, no. Okay. Hold up, I'm I'm watching the end right now. I want to <laughs> I want to make sure that she doesn't like go out. Wait, she's out. No, she's out. And he shakes the hand. And he shakes the hand again. Okay, that yeah. This was okay. This was the one. Yeah. This, like this he, was not Herb he Dean. This was somebody. This was some other dude. Yeah, he shook. Oh, okay. He shook her left he shook arm three times. Went to the other arm, shook it, looked at her face, and then shook it again, and then called the fight off. As like, bro, she's she's out of there. She's 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 not moving. Um, yeah, boy, rough rough night for everybody who got submitted. Yeah, not a good look for Jersey. <laughs> yeah, they they had to go through some extra pain that they just didn't need to go through. It it was bad because some of these dudes actually like tapped and still didn't get. Yeah, yeah, not not a good night for for those who got choked out. But props to Antonina. Um. Good on showing her, her her ground game, which looks like it's evolving. Um, good good clinch work. Hopefully next time don't don't catch your elbow. <laughs> don't you don't want to eat too many of those. Yeah. But uh, solid performance though. So congrats to Antonina Shevchenko. She won via a red naked choke in round two. 
Uh, moving down, Matt Schnell versus Jordan Espinoza. Uh, dudes came out the gate firing off, but the fight didn't uh, last too long. I think yeah, he went for a guillotine first, I want to say, right? He, Schnell? he went for a guillotine on what was one of the worst takedowns I've seen this year. <laughs> like, So from what I could tell, he wanted a trip takedown, right? Like, that's what that that was the goal of that uh that little like leg thing he did. Hold up. All right, I, I'm, I'm I'm uh I'm gonna replay it real quick. I so, yeah, it didn't uh didn't last all that long. No, it was like two minutes, something like that. Not even. Not even. <laughs> Wait, did he get caught? Is that why? He, is that what happened? So. Because, like, I, when I was watching it this morning, I'm like, wow, that is a god-awful takedown attempt. No, he didn't. Okay. He just kind of fell. Like, he was shooting for a double leg as uh, as Snow came in. And, like, I guess his right leg clashed with uh, Snow's right leg because, uh, what's his name, uh... Espinosa shot from like uh from southpaw and Schnell was orthodox so like their their right legs tend connected with one another, and he just kind of falls. And Schnell backs up. Yeah, so like he tri- he basically tripped. <laughs> he tripped. He, he, he tripped himself into a guillotine and then into a triangle. Basically, <laughs> and it, it was kind of slick because like he <clears throat> when Schnell locked in the guillotine. After, like, the first couple of seconds, like, all right, he's not getting this. But he was inching his legs up. Like, he, it was like he was already a couple steps ahead that he knew he knew what he was about to do. Oh, yeah, he had his legs above the arm for the guillotine, so he was just able to slide it up. Yep. Some, that was a, yeah, that's some really slick shit. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really slick. And it, it happened pretty fast, too. And then he locked the triangle in, um, you know, made the adjustment, and boom. I think Espinosa was like the one guy who got choked out, and like when he tapped, it was over. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he didn't have to go through the extra, the the, the extra curriculars. Yeah, but, like um, pro- props to Snow because he let it go as soon as he tapped. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, congrats to Snow. Ah, I'm just realizing this fight was at flyweight, so who knows what happens to him next? Uh, hold up! Hold up! Snell, MTV's best fighter. He was on MTV? He was on Cage, the reality TV show for MTV. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the MTV goat. Yeah, you know, I can't even say that because Bellator was on MTV and like Ben Askren fought on MTV. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. And then, That was a whole era. Yeah, and then you had like uh, Mayhem Miller and uh, his show. Oh god, the finale. Tito Ortiz goes to watch the fights in Louisiana, looking to discover new and previously unknown fighters. Daniel takes a girl on a date and bonds with her when she makes him feel validated for his ADD and OCDs. Or OCDs. Uh, she, as she accepts his condition, as her brother suffers from the same afflictions. Tony wins his fight with Daniel, while Daniel loses his. Wesley quits drinking and starts training for the first time in his life, which leads to hit, which leads him to choke out an opponent fairly easily, being in by far the best shape of his life. D- 
Danger wins his fight against a tough adversary using an armbar. Uh-huh. Everybody wins. <laughs> By the way, Danger is Mesh Snow. Hmm. Boy, oh boy. That was a whole era. Boy, Tom. It's weird just looking back. <laughs> How wild this whole sport has been this entire time. Like, we've gone through some eras, man. This, this, we've gone through some really interesting times just watching MMA all, all these years. But congrats to Matt Snell. That was a really, really slick triangle. Don't know what he does at, at flyweight. but I mean, they're apparently keeping it, so. Hopefully. I hope, because the, the flyweights, man, have really been showing up. Like, I feel like ever since that whole thing has been circling, like, it, like, you know those rumblings in the air that flyweight flyweight might not be a thing anymore. Like dudes have really just been showing out. Um, so hopefully we'll we'll get to see him again soon. Uh, moving on to women's flyweight, uh, Lauren Murphy versus Mara Romello. Sorry, Romero Barella. Um, I don't remember this fight in a ton of specific detail, other than the finishing sequence where I think Murphy caught Barella with a right. Had her back circling around the cage <laughs> like crazy. And then she eats a knee. And I didn't even think if initially on impact that the knee was like that hard. But it did land kind of flush. And then she just kind of dropped. And ate some pretty nasty ground and pound for her troubles. And that was it. Uh, fight was three rounds. I just kind of remember those last like 20 seconds. I, it, it was a lot of uh, Lauren Murphy throwing like really ugly hook punches that scared Morello Mara off. Um, Barella didn't do too bad, if I remember right. She got a couple takedowns. She landed a couple nice straights. Um, was that uh, like I'm not gonna say she was winning the fight, but she 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 definitely got some offense off. Um, yeah, then Murphy cracked her with something. I think it was uh, was it uppercut on the takedown attempt? Yeah, I think it was an uppercut on a takedown attempt for Barella. Um, and then that rocked her, and then she ate that knee, and her her face completely just shut off. Uh-huh. Like her, they, they did the slow replay, and you could see her eyes just uh, get glossy. Ugh, that's never good. Yeah, so, yeah, dude, like... Um, when Laura Murphy is given the opportunity, she is extremely extraordinarily violent like elbows from the top buses bust a lot of these women's faces wide open um what's the one she did in uh uh what you call it uh lfa or lfc where yeah she just absolutely destroyed this woman jennifer scott from the top and had her like in the crimson mask and everything. It's crazy. Yeah, like when when Laura Murphy's given the chance to be violent, she is extraordinarily violent. Hey. Keep the knees coming. <laughs> Keep the knees coming. I mean, like this is she's now what? Uh two and one at flyweight. Which all almost means title shot. <laughs> Man, we say that about everybody. Hey. Like, they come, they come in and get one finish. And we're like, "Hey, you ready for uh, <laughs> ready for Zepsenko? I mean, why not? Fuck it. Run the, ready to run the gauntlet. 
I mean, it's either her or Chukagian. Chukagian already beat her. Or Maya, I guess, but I don't think anybody wants to see that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of who a good fight for Warren Murphy would be. Maybe like KGB Lee. I'll be down for that. I'll be mad at that. Mm. Speaking of um, extraordinarily violent people who don't get their due, Claudio fucking Silva. Why do his punches sound so loud? (laughs) Because they have all of his frustration from not being able to fight in them. (laughs) Why did he punch Cole Williams so hard? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of this fight in detail other than that. He was throwing really hard. I just remember just the sound of the ground and pound when he took his back. Like... Every hit just sounded like he was slapping him with a baseball bat. Yeah, it was uh when when was the last time he fought before this? Uh twenty oh he fought earlier this year against Danny Roberts. Uh he, he submitted him. Yeah. Hey he fought he oh. fought last May, uh not like twenty eighteen, um against Nordine Taleb. He's not, but three straight submission wins. He has a win over Leon Edwards and he's five and zero in the UFC. A really quiet five and zero. Well, that those first two wins came all the way back in twenty fourteen. Mm. They took four years off. Dude, I'm like, he took, yeah. he took four years off to build up some rage. <laughs> then he came back to just, you know, I'm find a healthy way to unleash this. Dude, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with the story, man. You know what I mean? Like, dude takes some time off. The guys he beat go on to like get like. All the way to the top of the division, like uh, Leon Edwards, and now he's back. He's like, "This is my time." It's like Leonardo Santos, right? Who I forgot was like forty. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Like people thought he was boring when he left, but since he's come back, he's knocking people out, knocking out Kevin Lee. It's great. It's great. Point being, Coyle Silver for champion. There we go. Koyo Silver Kamar Usman. I want that now. <laughs> yeah, he uh he punched Cole Williams really hard with ground and pound before he choked him out. It's uh, kind of how that fight went. <laughs> and uh, last fight on the card, uh, back at women's flyweight, Miranda Granger versus Hannah Goldie. Um, I only watched this fight once. And I don't remember it a ton. This how it always is for the very first fight on the card. Um, I remember it was pretty much a, a stand-up fight, you know, kickboxing, MMA, kickboxing. I just remember Granger looking a lot more. Um, I feel like she landed a lot more and looked just a bit more crisp and clean on the feet. Uh, Hannah can hit pretty hard though, but I don't know. Great Granger just seemed like technique was was better, and I think she does have a. a does she have? I feel like she does have a kickboxing background or something like that. I can't remember. I feel like I heard that on commentary. I could be lying, but I, I thought she had some kind of kickboxing credentials or something like that. But and, anywho, she um, I thought Granger just looked better on the feet. Goldie did land a nice um. <laughs> she landed a kick to the neck, which looked a little brutal. Like she threw a. I can't remember the first kick she threw. She threw like a front kick. 
and then she followed it <coughs> with a sidekick, and caught Granger just like right in the throat. Um, it it looked nasty, like you don't want to get kicked in the throat. Um, but overall, just I think Granger just kind of landed more. Like I, said, I don't remember the fight in a ton of specifics, but I just remember Granger landing more, looked more crisp on the feet. But Goldie landed a throat kick, which was pretty awesome. But uh, Granger won via unanimous decision. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, all right. All right. Mm. Yeah, like, uh, Granger, more volume. Um, like, Goldie was really trying to get those, like, side kicks off. And those, like, short, like, um, round kicks. But she was just way too... It's like, she just never found her range. Um, they both had a surprising amount of pop on their punches. Um, like when they did land, like you could tell it really shut the other one down. Um, but Granger just put more out there, was the one who came forward more, um, dictated where the fight took place, um, and was the Ranger of the two. So, yeah, no, good, good debut for uh, Granger. And, uh, that was it. <laughs> that was, uh, UFC Newark. Uh, like I said, on, on paper, <clears throat> it looked like one of those cars that was going to be, uh, but it turned out pretty solid. Um, like I said, obviously the main event didn't go the way many of us wanted it to go. But, I mean, aside from that, it was a pretty solid night of fights. Um, got some good performances, got some good finishes. Jim Miller still out here getting wins. Hack Parash knocking people out with the left. Um... A lot of people got choked out. Some people got choked out a little too much. But all in all, it was a pretty pretty solid night of fights. You know, I think we say this in a lot of cards. Maybe not a lot of fights that mean a lot in terms of a grand scheme. But there were some things on this card that, that were worth, uh, worth watching. And if for nothing else, even to our dismay, you know... The, the the next welterweight title fight is pretty much set in stone, so we we know how, we we know what's what's happening with that. So you got that storyline from it. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have much else to say. It was it was just a solid night of cards. Like it, if you if you missed it, I'm not gonna say you really missed out on a lot, but it, probably one of those cards that you could go back and just kind of watch highlights of. Um, and I think you'd be fine. But, like, if you choose to go back and watch it, it still would be a solid watch. You can watch the Miller fight. It lasted all of, like, a minute. You know, watch Nas, uh, Nasrat for us. You know, I guess, I don't know, watch the main event, depending on if, if you want to do that to yourself or not. Uh, the Holtzman, Dung Hung Ma fight was fun. Go watch that. Um, the Schnell submission was, was pretty slick. So, there was, there was stuff on, the, on this card to pull from. Like I said, not... You didn't miss a ton if you didn't get to see it, but if you want to go back and watch it, there, there there's some fights I think are worth uh, worth a peek. So it was a cool card. That was UFC Newark. Go give that a watch, and then definitely go back and watch uh, one championship Donna Heroes. That was a pretty pretty dope card that had some good fights on it. Uh, coming up next week on August the tenth. Uh, we will have UFC Fight Night Uruguay in uh, Montevideo, Vito, if I'm saying that right. Uh, headlined by Valentina Shevchenko and Liz Carmouche for the flyweight title. Also on the card, uh, Vicente Luque versus Mike Perry. 
after that, it, it gets a little shaky. <laughs> but you got uh, Leo Latifi versus Vulcan Uzdemir, which has been booked 30 times. Uh, so that'll finally happen. Uh, your boys on this card, Enrique Barzola versus Bobby Moffitt. Uh, Tisa Torres versus Marina Rodriguez. That's going to be an awesome fight. Um, kind, of dis- kind of disappointed us on the prelims. Not I, that, not that it probably matters overall, but still. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think the reason they probably put it on the prelims is you have to, I guess, put one fight on the prelims to get people excited to want to watch the main card. And looking at the rest of these, I guess they didn't have a choice. <laughs> but you know, Gilbert, Gilbert Burns is on the card. Gilbert, Gilbert Burns versus uh, Alexei Kunchenko. Um, another one of those cards that in terms of like star power it ain't a lot going on but ho- hopefully we at least just get some kind of like how this newer card was maybe not a lot in terms of names but hopefully we just get some some solid fights some good finishes solid performances here and there that'll make it worth the watch um so we got that next week uh pfl has a card on the 8th which let me take a quick peek at this, uh, we got Kelvin Tiller versus Dennis Goldslav. <laughs> your, your favorite heavyweight, Jer- Jared Rochard <laughs> versus Satoshi Ishii. Um, got Vicky Magalas versus Rakeem Cleveland. Uh, who else is on this card? Uh, and this uh, Habib's cousin, quote unquote, uh, Umar Nurmagomedov. Uh, he's on here. Francis Barbaroso. Uh, Jordan Johnson, uh, once upon a time UFC light heavyweight prospect. Ronnie Marks on the card. Oh, this is like a 205 card. Oh, boy, this might not. Ooh. 205 and heavyweight. 205 and heavyweight. Oh, man. Dude, dude, dude. It's giving us the greatest fight <laughs> of the year. My man, Jared Rochelle. Satoshi Ishii. Let's go. Oh, boy. This is. Talk about tough dads. <laughs> This is the barbecue fight league scouting uh <laughs> scouting card. Oh boy. That's that's gonna be uh that is that's gonna be a barn burner. Yeah. Uh I, I hope they reinforce that cage. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be uh that's gonna be an interesting card. Those highlights are gonna be one for the ages. Um and there's a contender series going on next week. Uh, oh, uh, my bad. Got to give a shout-out to Invicta. Uh, they got a card uh, on the 9th, uh, Invicta FC 36, headlined by Pam Sorsen and Caitlin Young. Uh, uh, also, who else we got on this card? Stephanie Gelchmeyer versus Victoria Leonardo. Lindsay Van Zandt versus Jessica Correa Del Bonnie. Janissa Morandon versus Emily Decode. And a couple of other debuting fighters. Got some people who are like want to know. Some people who are making their debuts. I don't think this card. I don't know if it's completely filled out. No, it is. Oh yeah. All right. It's not a lot of fights, but got got to yeah, give it. Yeah, there's like seven, eight card or fights or eight fight cards. Yeah. Um, um, the uh, Coates, uh, the woman who's playing Caitlin Simmons on that card. Uh, she's the record holder for best knockout in Victor history. Oh yeah. She made earlier this year. Yeah, I remember that. So, you know, just something. It's something. Oh, and going back to that UFC Uruguay card, um, Ciro Gane 
Uh, he's the, the Frenchman making his debut against, uh, I think the dude's name is Rodrigo Silva. Souza? Souza? Um, he is a training partner of um, Francis Sagado. And he's also, he's also a Muay Thai fighter with like a background. So he kind of looks like a Savat fighter. And um, he is also like 6'5". And 250 pounds. So, yeah, it, it doesn't guarantee he'll be good, but, like, the last time a big Frenchman came in, he was Francis Ngannou, so. Maybe we get a, <laughs> maybe we get a sequel. <laughs> Hopefully he pans out. That would suck. You get a 6'5", you know, just this towering mammoth of a person, and then he turns out to just not be anything. Right. If nothing else, he looks unique for heavyweight, just based on how quick, like how much he moves around and everything. I mean, so it's, it's a good sign looking at his record that all three of his fights have ended in finishes. He got one submission and two TKOs. So I don't know, I might have to look up some uh, some footage on this guy. And and like it's not like he's fighting scrubs. Like the dudes, like he's fought some like remarkably good competition early in his career. Like one guy was like seven and one, the other guy was like eight and one. Um, so. And he's only three and zero, so like, it's not something to keep an eye out for. Any um, I, I haven't looked it up. Any uh, any boxing happenings going on next week? Boxing happenings going on. Next- uh, let's see. Uh, Carl Frampton will be fighting Emmanuel Dominguez on ESPN Plus. Um, that card will also have Jason Sousa versus Jason Sosa versus Pascal Rhodes. But for what it's worth, my favorite fight on that card, or the one I'm looking forward to the most, anyway. Is the debut of Robisi uh, uh, Ramirez? Um, he was he's a two-time Olympic gold medalist from Cuba. Um, people might remember him for being the dude who beat Shakur Stevenson in the final of the 2016 Olympic Games. Uh, he was only 22 years old at the time. He's now 25. Cuba doesn't have the best record of like Cubans coming over here and being like great because they come over here and they get lazy if they're a heavyweight or they come over here and they're really old um but like I, from ramirez is really fun to watch like he is aggressive uh like he has a pro ready style in my opinion and like it, i i think he's a future pound for pound talent if he doesn't like fall into the same trap that a lot of the other guys get fall into when they get here which is they they start making a little bit of money and they just go crazy with it um, but that's happening, and then over in Texas, they're having Virgil Ortiz Jr. versus Antonio Orozco. Uh, Orozco is a former world champion. Did he win the world? He's a former world champion challenger. Um, he lost his bid to get it, but the dude he's fighting Virgil Ortiz Jr. is thirteen and zero, and all thirteen of his wins have come by knockout. So young man on the rise. So like yeah, that's interesting. Um, is there a glory card this week? Um, no. I keep seeing the advertisement for for uh, the Badahari fight, but I I don't think that's happening until like later this year. Yeah. Yeah. Like the last card I see from them is like glory sixty seven. Oh, glory sixty eight. Yeah, no, it's not happening until December. Are they really just taking off the rest of the year? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. 
That's wild. That's gotta be something. That's gotta be something in between us. I don't know. I don't have their schedule up. Uh, okay, they do have a glory card schedule before them, but they just okay. don't have a date yet. Well, they could. Well, I'm here. While I'm here, I'm gonna just check something real quick and see if there's any other like kickboxing going on. Because I feel like we should really shout out, um, like, well, K1 does have a card till the 24th, so I guess we're good. Because, like, K, you guys should be watching K1 because they're, they're great. They're, oh, that reminds me. They just put a bunch of their fights from, um, I say just, but it is, like, a couple weeks ago, um, from Crush Fight 103. Um, Crush is one of those Japanese kickboxing promotions that run alongside K1. It's great. They have some uh, some amazing cards and some amazing fighters on there. Go check it out. It's all on YouTube on the K1 official YouTube channel. It's great. Go watch it. Um, for the last four minutes, I've been watching Cyril Gaines' uh, highlight reel. Hey, it looks pretty good. <laughs> he, um, I don't like that he, he kind of keeps his hands down a little low. Um, at least in, in the footage that I've seen. But um, he looks like he's going to give us a fun heavyweight fight. There will definitely be fist to cuff yeah. being thrown. <laughs> Unless he gets taken down. Mm, yeah, that would suck. That would, that would suck. Yeah, because in, in none of these highlights was he doing anything off of his back. <laughs> but, um, he looked good. But we'll, uh, we'll see how it turns out. But, I guess that's, uh, pretty much it for today's show. So, uh, we can go ahead and do, uh, parting shots and shout outs. Um, not gonna do a shot we started this episode off on such a i don't even know what to call it this <laughs> is sad the, yeah, yeah so i don't throw any shots but uh uh on an mma related shout out shout out to uh reina cordoba who fought zola frosto at a combate card that was in fresno california on friday um scored a pretty big upset with an armbar submission that was pretty uh pretty dope so go give that a watch if you hadn't uh i saw people posting highlights of that on twitter uh so shout outs to uh reina for pulling off that upset and shout out to frosto who just been out of mma for a while and you know has been on a little, little comeback run but you know obviously this will be a roadblock but i'm glad to see you fighting again um so shout outs to reina for the upset and shout outs to everybody participating in evo if you're a video game head like me evo is uh, going down this weekend. I want to say, I think by the time you guys hear this episode, I don't know if Evo will be over or if it'll pretty much be wrapping up. But uh, you know, Evo, if you don't know, fighting game tournament that happens every year uh, over in Vegas. You know, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, I think they're doing Tekken 7, Super Smash Brothers, Blades Blue. Uh, I think Samurai Showdown, and there was like one other game that I had like never heard of. But really dope tournament. I stayed up all night pretty much watching the Mortal Kombat 11 uh, final, or well, Mortal Kombat 11 portion of it. But I fell asleep, so I don't even know who won. Um, <laughs> I have no idea who won the the tournament. Um, let's try to look this up right now, because it was a really good tournament, and I fell asleep. Um, consume looks like Sonic Fox Dragon run the final. But either who. If you're a video game head, Evo is always a good time. So if you got nothing else to do, go uh, 
go go watch some uh some Evo. It's a good it's a good time. Uh, but like I said, I don't have any parting shots because we started this episode off on such a sad note. But um, mm. yeah, shout out to the two people. Uh, so shout out to Evo. Shout out to Reyna. Uh, that's all I got for my parting shots and uh, shout outs. Um. Oof. Uh. No. Uh. If you're it, so, I'm a very boring person. Uh, I, I like history books. And I like history YouTube's channels. So I want to give a shout out to, um, so if you're, if you're into like city planning and the history of city planning, uh, my, one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, up, updated, uh, with a video. It's like an hour long. It's called city skylines, power politics and planning. And it's the second half of an episode, uh, of a series of episodes he's done on uh, public housing. Uh, and it's really interesting if you're into that type of stuff. Uh, dude's a former, uh, I want to say he was like a civil engineer, Like he was like a city planner. Uh, he worked for like the, uh, the Philadelphia Public Housing Administration. Um, he just shares like, st- just stuff like I didn't know about like what goes into planning a city and what goes in, like, like what are zoning laws and like working minimums and like all that good stuff. And if you're interested in that type of stuff, go check it out. Dude's name is Do Not Eat 01. Um, do I have another shout out? Did, did anything good happen this week? Um, Carmelo is trying to, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. He's trying to, he's trying to, was, <laughs> he's, he's trying, trying to make to his back. rounds. He did an interview with Stephen A. Uh, saying how he, he thinks he deserves to still be in the league. I don't know if that's a shout out, but it's, it's something. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, mm, mm. <laughs> I think he'll find a team. No, there'll be a team, yeah, be a team yeah. that needs uh, an extra dude in the rotation, somebody who can come off the bench. And it, from what I'm hearing from this interview, I think Melo has accepted that he's not like that that guy anymore. Like obviously he's still talented enough to make a roster, but he he's a bench player now. He he needs to be coming off the bench for somebody. So I think he's accepted that. So if he has accepted that, I think he'll find a team. There, there's definitely somebody out there that'll need him. See, I was gonna throw a shot, but you know, fuck it, um, fuck that. Like you said, we're, this episode has been tinged with. Oh, you know pessimism. what? Though? We can't throw a quick shot. It's not like a super sad. Uh, a shot at everybody who was mad at LeBron for like getting hype at his kids' game. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, every people. Have you never right. been to a game? <laughs> They get they get they get way rowdier than that. Like that was nothing. Yeah, he, what, just let the man hype yeah. up his kid. And his kid, like, like somebody y'all did not have parents who went to your games and shows. Indeed, indeed. Either they didn't come to your games, or you just never been to a high school game in general. Like my dad came all the way from Delaware to watch me play, and I rode bench. <laughs> Same. So y'all could... <laughs> Same. Exactly. I played, I played in a championship game on a football team in which I played for two plays. <laughs> My folks were still out there. Exactly. Like, yeah, y'all are bugging. Y'all are... And not only did he celebrate with his kid, like, they, they, like, all the other kids were tweeting, like, it's great to have him around. Like, he's a good role model. He encourages everybody. Like, 
Like, that's a dude you want right. around your kids. Like, like, talk, like, people talk shit about how LeBron plays and everything like that and, like, how he manages himself and, like, how he has his, like, gigantic ego. But, like, dude genuinely, genuinely right. cares. He's a, he's a good dude. Like, at least it seems like it. From like all his, the moves that he makes, like, he seems like, b- basketball things aside, he seems like a genuinely good dude. So, yeah, instead of a shot at all the people who are mad, shouts to LeBron James. Go. Keep there doing you what you do. Because I've seen, boy, I've been to some basketball games, and I've seen the opposite. Like, I've seen some really trash parents. Like, some really, some really bad parenting. And it, you can see the worst of the worst at those kind of games. So it's good to see somebody who's actually, like, being positive out there. Because it, it can go the other way really quick. Go to YouTube. You can find little league brawls, and <laughs> if you go to basketball games, yeah, like, like you, uh, oh my god, like, go, like I'll, I'll I'll never forget because my my stepbrother uh, was a D one athlete, so I I spent a lot of my time in middle school like going to like a lot of his tournaments and stuff, and I'll never forget going to one of his basketball games, and there was a kid on the other team who was like really good. This kid was was plucking threes like like nobody's business. And he got injured. And we're all concerned because it looked like a really bad injury. And this one parent out of nowhere gets up like, oh, what are y'all going to do now? You don't got your star player anymore. And it's like, bruh, he's like 16. Like, <laughs> like you're rooting for this kid's injury. It's, it's a kid. Like, so there's some really trashy, terrible parents. So I, I'm never going to fault LeBron or any parent for that matter who's Showing up to these games like exactly trying to trying to be a positive influence. Um, yeah, for real. Like bringing a- AAU parents are n- notoriously. Where was it? did we talk about this last week? Or, or was I talking to somebody else about like uh, um, uh, about stories you hear from like AAU coaches about like mm. parents? No, we didn't talk about that. Uh, okay, it's, it's, we don't have a lot of time left, but it's it's all the yeah. shit you expect. Yeah. It's a dark, <laughs> it's a dark world in sports. Sometimes it's a lot of that nitty gritty behind the scenes. It's it's some bad, there's some shady people out here, man. So yeah, shout out to LeBron for being positive, and a shot to anybody who was out there hating dudes are saying like, oh, I think he has like a personality disorder. Like, no, you're just a miserable person and you're mad because nobody came to your games. Or you just didn't have any games. Maybe you just didn't play. Like, you just... Ooh. Yeah. Something's wrong with you. You're the problem. It's not him. It's you. Um, but we'll end it there because that could go on a whole nother... <laughs> a whole nother rant. But, um... Thank you guys for listening to the show, man. That's all we got for today. Always give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, hit me up on Twitter as well as Twitch at Serial Sensei. And if you would like to buy my book, The Odd Bar Chronicles, for 99 cents, you can buy that on Amazon or $8.99 if you want a physical copy. That's all I got for today. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.